0: Hi there, guys. Uh, my name's Lena Sultana. I run a website called Englishman in San Diego, which talks about uh, San Diego Comic-Con predominantly, but also about Comic-Cons, con culture, and the stuff and nonsense that uh, you kind of find at these events. Um, I have been reading comics for as long as I can remember, and I'd say the three books that really kind of informed me when I was a kid were Warrior, um, Crisis... And Deadline. They really were the three books that kind of set me on my path. And I really enjoyed the, the way that they approached storytelling. Um, but I want to really kind of talk about how that was in terms of did it feel like storytelling. But we'll get into that. Um, I like to open with this question because uh, it really does inform about how you approach your work. In terms of describing what you do, what's on your pa- you know that passport, you know what are you? so, so Alan Martin, um,
1: comic writer. That's
0: what Comic I'm, writer. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's my official okay. designation. I think.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Is it just you? comic yeah, artist? What are you? Because sure. we, we we get some really creative <laughs> <laughs> names for this.
1: It um, would just be as long lived. So, yeah. Well, uh, yes,
2: yeah, At this time, uh, comic artist. Yeah. But also illustrator or skipper, hyper, with, 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 yes, multiple
0: designations, that's cool. Okay, so what I want to talk about uh, today is uh, looking back to Deadline as kind of like the, the backdrop of yeah. the creation of Tangle. Um So we will definitely start with yourself, uh, Alan, in terms of the creation of that book, because I, I read it, but I didn't actually get into um, how the book came together and how the magazine came together. Um, where, did, where did the kind
1: of the germ of that start? Well, the germ of it was Brett Ewins and Tom Astor, who Tom Astor, um, his, fa- his family were the richest family in the nineteen twenties, the, the Astor millions, yeah. um, the Astoria, the, you know, just so much property, so sort of landed gentry, but and then some. So he was kind of a bit of a playboy, and. He had a recording studio, Orinoco, in um, East London, which was where Enya recorded Orinoco Flow. And um, he had a girlfriend whose best friend was Brett's girlfriend. So they both had girlfriends in common. So they ended up going out a lot. Tom was a bit of a comic fan. Brett was quite a big star in 2000 AD and his own comics. And um, through that, they just hatched a plot to create their own comic because Tom ju- just kept doing projects of his own, like I'll have a recording studio, you know, I'll have a comic. It just it just sort of flowed. That yeah. was where it was going. So, Because um, it so definitely feels when
0: you read into the history of Deadline that it was almost a case of, it was like a reaction to the British invasion of that period when all this t- talent was being strip-mined mm-hmm. uh, to go across the pond. Yeah, And definitely. it was a case of, no, we want yeah. to create a British comic for us. This is Was that the kind of gen- gen- germ of it? Well,
1: Would really, um, at that point, we bring in Steve Dillon. Yeah. The lovely Steve Dillon. The lovely lady. And um, uh, Steve and Brett were they were very tired of just being sort of Abused basically by the industry, which, if you created characters, they took the characters. They didn't. They didn't, They weren't creator owned. Well, yeah. We I mean, um, were talking.
0: Of, sort of, yeah, we're <coughs> to the guys from uh, behind uh, Judge Dredd, and they were talking about yeah. like, the old story of that when you got your check at the end of the week, you basically had to maybe put your signature on the back as well, which just relinquished all the rights to the characters. You really, it was. You you really were kind of run through the mill.
1: Yeah. So they they wanted to create the forum where. Artists coming into the industry could create their own characters, keep the rights to them, and um, and, and 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 to publish stuff that nobody else would touch with a barge pole, because it, it really, you know, the, some of the stuff that went in there was just very extreme, yeah. and you wouldn't have found that in 2000 AD or any of that. or even in Warrior or things like that. Yeah. You still wouldn't have. Um, so, but, but Brett was a punk. You know, don't, he was a skinhead with Brenda McCarthy and Pete Milligan. They all went to college together and they were all like quite gnarly skinheads. <laughs> um, but they were also very much into punk and the punk aesthetic of do-it-yourself and upsetting people at the same time.
0: Mm. So. Was there a sense of that clique? So like there's a this gang of boys that just were wanting to really stir things up.
1: Well, we already had our own gang, me and Jamie and Philip down in in Worthing we'd all been to college together I'd been to school with Philip so I'd known him for years and he was the one who kind of hooked me into comics in the first place but then we met Jamie at college and um, we were our own gang we had lots of other friends around as well who weren't necessarily comic related but because we were at design college everything was everything had a similar aesthetic and sense of humor were you read what comics were you reading at that point? Because the one thing
0: about Deadline and certainly the way that the stories are told, you can tell that these are done by illustrators and um, art school, um, sort like area. In, in terms of the the sequential storytelling, yeah. But then this it's doing something new with the the, the, the form and the way that it was creating bubbles and the way that the panels were flowing. It was doing things, something slightly different. But were you reading comics? I've never
1: been that much of a comic reader, but really I used to read whatever Jamie and Philip did. (laughs) So I'd read Love and Rockets. I'd I'd read Warrior with Philip at school. He was a a big Warrior fan, so I used to read his copies of that. Um, Personally, I used to buy Freak Brothers comics because I was just a bit of a stoner and a bit sort of a waste troll. So... uh, 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 yeah, but more of the 60s underground stuff for yeah. me than uh, than the 80s edgier stuff.
0: But you, were, it, 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 you certainly sensed the American kind of West Coast vibe uh, throughout the world. It, it yeah. certainly appeared in Deadline. Uh, so that was definitely something that informed the, the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, okay, so um, Tangle, Tangle appeared in issue one. It pretty much started the book. It
1: well, the idea before. Before Which started, which came first? <laughs> well we we came we kind of invented Tank Girl when we were at college mm. and we did Atom Tan, which was the, the fanzine that we printed on the staff photocopier. And it had a one page advert in it. And at that point we were calling everything something or other girl, super girl movies <coughs> and we were using the the, the word girl after everything. And Philip had a character called Rocket Girl. And Jamie drew this girl with a big gun and uh, shaved sides of their head and we just had a page left to fill in the in the um, fanzine and um, I got a picture from our friends in the studio next door who were design they were product designers they were designing headphones and one of them was designing headphones that looked like tank drivers sort of earmuffs and he had loads of pictures of photocopies of tanks on his desk So I took one of those and put it behind it, and Jamie just wrote Tanker, and that was it. And then we left that. We printed it, didn't think anything else about it. We left it in, in the magazine, in the fanzine. And then Brett Ewins, who at this point was starting to bubble ideas of deadline, came down and did a lecture at Northbrook College where we were studying in Worthing. And we just mobbed him. And, uh, and he went away with our fanzine. And then a year later, he got in contact and he said, uh, can, can you guys do Tank Girl? And we were like, well, it's just a page. You know? It's not a cat. It's, yeah. no st- it's just a picture of a girl with a gun and a tank. Yeah. And he said, yeah, but can you turn it into a comic? So, so we that's did. A, that's a
0: challenge. Yeah.
1: That's the challenge. So we did. But at, at that point, Johnny Nemo, which was... Brecht and Pete Milligan's own character was going to be the face of Deadline. Right. That was gonna, they printed up loads of big posters. That was going to be the, the, the iconic character that would uh, spearhead the comic. Ben. And then Jamie did the first cover and they looked at it and they went, this realize. is going on number realize one. Realize yeah, because yeah, on. he, he did such a good job on the, on the first image. So, Who
0: came up with the general world then? Um, was it a kind of sit down <clears> in a <throat> pub and just
1: kind of hash things well, out? It well, it was kind of just there. Yeah? Because it why was, asked, it was our I... world. The, the, like I was saying to someone earlier, was, uh, in 1988, Australia was everywhere. Yeah. We, Mad Max was, like, on its second or third film. Um, I was going to say so, was did Mad Max in Oh, play? absolutely, yeah, yeah. More than anything. <coughs> Mad Max was huge. Crocodile Dundee was enormous and Neighbours pretty much ruled the UK with Jason Donovan and Kylie Minogue at number one. We're, gonna, we're week, gonna have to look so back at
0: our, uh, the, the future generations and explain this yeah. shit. <laughs> go? But
1: it was, just, it was yeah, it's just really, everyone was crazy about Australia. Like half the country was emigrating. So um, we just chucked, it just became Australia. Jamie always says he, he chose the Outback because he didn't want to draw buildings. So they could just, like, draw a little thin line but a little scrub of grass and... We yeah. had uh, yeah, that when they went No, no, John Higgins this morning was
0: mm-hmm. just saying, yeah, I love doing the Mega City One stories, but I really like it when I do the Cursed Earth because it's no buildings. Yeah. I just,
1: <laughs> I'm sick of doing windows, <laughs> for Christ's sake. But the rest of it just, you know, it just fell in. Yeah. Um, Jamie drew, you know, we, we said, let's have some kangaroos. And I didn't really realise what he was going to do. <laughs> uh, so he did, he did kangaroos in leather jackets who were like a, a gang of like bikers. Yeah. And um, and then we got to the end of the first issue and, and I suggested she snogs the kangaroo, which sort of, sort of brings bestiality into it, but it was kind of a little bit more innocent than that. We weren't thinking that. And then suddenly kangaroos were the sort of... Uh, Sexual interest of the comic, so um, yeah, that's how it that that's how it formed. Films fell yeah. fell together. But, but we we were listening to big audio dynamite and bands like that at the time, who were chucking everything into the mix. You know, clips from Clint Eastwood films and Crocodile Dundee and whatever. Come here, come here, come here. And um, <coughs> uh, really, we were just we were just shoplifting stuff from sure. wherever we could get it so many little around the edges of the panels all the, the lyrics that we wrote in there from tom waits and the smiths and whoever um it just became whatever we wanted just went in because
0: i think that's what really appealed about tank girl in that yes it had the australian um, landscape and the australian backdrop but it felt British. it had yeah. that punk aesthetic to it and it had that kind of so sort of like that it, it You were reading it, knowing that you were supposed to be having an
1: Australian accent in there, but you clearly weren't. Yeah, but I I never think in an Australian accent when I'm writing it, so, yeah, the Australian-ness is just, yeah, yeah. it really is a backdrop, I think. Cool.
0: Uh, The way that I want to do this, by the way, is very much interactive. If you do have any questions, if you want to throw your hand in the air, if we're over-skipping something, do let us know. Just jump in and sort of, like, throw things at me to, like, really attract my attention. By all means, if there's anything you want to... Ask the guys, do jump in. Cool. Was
1: Tank Girl a,
0: a hit pretty much from the word go? I mean, how, what was the burn on,
1: on Deadline? I really can't remember the numbers. I don't even know if I knew them at the time. <laughs> but, you know, we got into WH Smith, which was quite a steal, I think, at, the, at that moment. Um, I, I don't know what the numbers were. Because no. no. I, I just seem to remember... It was
0: one of the. it was almost like um, Python was a decade before. It was one of those things that you kind of like snuck into your bedroom by yeah. your parents' backs and just kind of listened or watched or read. Um, so, like, underneath the, the covers. Well, okay, maybe I'll rephrase that. Um, but certainly kind of behind the back of the, the establishment, as it were. But it kind of then also got informed by the establishment because the, the face was a magazine at the time. And they yeah. really kind of dug um, what Deadline was doing. And they, 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 there was almost a symbiotic
1: uh, relationship between. The yeah, two. there was, yeah. The Face and ID yeah. as well. At one point after. There's a definite realisation there's a design at work. Yeah, Deadline started off with a very small office space just in a, some kind of a like, building full of tiny office spaces. And then they expanded to bigger offices and we found ourselves in the same building as ID and the Face, so we started. You know, we'd go in there. We we were going up into their offices and kind of hanging out. And yeah. and in the end, me and Jamie actually did some strips for ID. That we only lasted three issues, but um, yeah, we did some stuff. And then and then and then we shipped out to Orinoco Studios, right. where Tom's recording studio, which sort of made us feel like. We were pop stars, even though we were selling sort of ten copies of a comic. But you know, there was Mick Jones from the Clash was yeah. playing Paul, and you know, it was nice that. to have that. Yeah, I mean, if, yeah
0: if you're going to take someone for the cash, you might as well mm. go for them. Um, just to bring yourself into it. Certainly, as somebody who was reading comics um, back then, I mean, was Deadline on your radar at that point? Or yeah, I mean, yeah, because obviously at that point you were looking at like I say, the, the British invasion. So you had so British writers and uh, creatives really turning over the American uh, comics landscape at that point in terms of um, Swamp Thing and uh, books of that title. What made Deadline stand out to you when you were reading it? And what made Tank Girl stand out? Uh, Sorry to put you
2: on the spot there. <laughs> no, no, it... Um, well, the probably being done in W.A. Smith's made a big difference because, well, the, yeah. because there wasn't a comic shop around in town. There was one here in town um, and that's where you'd go and look at The Backman and the Cult or The Dark Knight Returns and this was where Watchmen all that stuff was creeping out Yeah, and it was all exciting and not really thinking about American, US or this sort of... Th- yeah, American, British stuff. But then... And a lot of that I'd have to have a nose at and then put back on the shelf. But Deadline, i was able to buy when I was you know, anywhere else in the, around. Hmm. So it was easy to get hold of. And that, and I just read it, you know, cover to cover. And I did the same I did with any other comics, which was just stare at the drawings all day, probably trace a few, were you, or copy a were few. Were you and
0: drawing at that point? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So whether that was the, the interest in, in comics at all, or just any, you know, um, you know, picture books, but mainly just comics. And so being able to get it more accessibly, it kind of was always there. Did, like it, change, did it change your approach to uh, comic art in terms
0: of in reading Deadline? Because it, it seems to me whenever I speak to, some, to people about Deadline, it's one of those things that just kind of like knocked someone off their track and just kind of sent people a little bit what? on a bit of a sideways slide, as it were, it, it and was it changed the way that they
2: kind of approach their art. I don't know because I was a bit all over the place. American comics all looked the same, and that's yeah. one of the things with the at that time where people, you know, styles were starting to jump out like Frank Miller's Dark Knight and and a few others. But two thousand and eight always had that kind of crazy. You know, you didn't know even if you read the same if you read Judge Dredd every week, you didn't know what it was going to look like every week. No. and it would just change enormously as you as you looked at it. So I think that was quite a. A British deal. I don't know whether any of the US comics had such changes because a lot of those looked all looked, sort of looked the same and they, they aren't, but you sort of have another sort of look back over them, but it was quite a similar style, whereas reading British comics you were used to quite a load of jumping around, mm-hmm. but I mean Deadline just opened up eyes in terms of you know, you could put swearing in it and, <laughs> and stuff like that and it didn't have to look there was just, <laughs> it was just it was it was it was exciting and different but actually the stuff that I brought up reading was also quite exciting and different from you know, the mainstream yeah. US bits. was that an
0: intentional thing when it came to deadline there was for uh, sort of the older kids as
1: it were or so sort of like early, early teens it was it was it wasn't um, your dad's... well comment. we ex- we never we never contemplated the audience we were yeah. just are we entertained? Yep. And are our friends laughing? And, you know, have we got enough sort of little, slipped enough little subliminal things in for our, our friends to sort of enjoy it? And that was it. That was literally it. We didn't think, you know, who, who's the age range? Mm. But I think that it, it didn't enter into it at all. I think that was, again,
2: one of the ideal elements, because I don't think it's things like that work very easily if someone's trying to pursue, you know, they're going to pick an age range and work out what they're going to like, mm. because, you know, uh, you, you just got to go with what you enjoy, sure. and, another, and that's how it was easy to jump into, mm. to find it so easy to, to sit and enjoy and Yeah, doze as well. I
0: think the one thing I also took away from Tank Girl as well was the, I, I was reading a lot of um, Alan Moore at the time, I was reading um, uh, Ballad of Halo Jones. Where there was this definite overriding arc, there was this linear line where it was somewhere it's going to have an end. Whereas with yourself and with Tangirl, it almost felt like we are seat of our pants. It, this could change and just
1: go anywhere mm. at any point. How far did, were you planning? Was it page I mean, to page? It at all. <laughs> was it? Well, literally, sometimes we were doing it panel to panel. Wow. We'd, have a, we'd have a vague idea but we we were you know our work, work ethic we used to go to the pub a lot and we used to get stoned a lot and uh, and trying to work in amongst all of that it's you know
0: yeah
1: and it was we, we sometimes we were only doing maybe 5 to 10 pages a month and we'd always leave it right up until the very last moment i was going to um, the and it would be what's like was right the the push, tru- push, push. Push. we got 3 days left we've got eight pages to do what are we going to do and we'd be we would generally be in a pub and we'd be like let's just do something about that that guy's haircut over there or you know what you've got in your pocket or just something and and then we'd spin it out of that and um literally sometimes jamie would be drawing a panel and i wouldn't have written the text that was going in the word balloons and be uh, I'd be there like lettering it as he after he drew it. So it wasn't always like that but yeah. some of it was that sort of close to the wire and then
2: we St- stitching the And uh,
1: we'd work yeah yes, stitching the parachute as you are falling. Indeed, yes, yeah and we we'd get to the end of it and um and you know we couldn't let deadline down because it had become the, the figurehead of the, the magazine mm. so if they were advertising it was going to be in there and they got so many sales because Tank Girl was going to be on the cover or whatever we couldn't let them down so we would work through the night for several days in various uh, using various things to fuel us and, 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 and literally we would uh, finish on the morning that it went to print, and one of us, whoever did the, drew the short straw, would have to get on the milk train up to London, go to London Bridge, and go straight to the printers with the artwork. So the, it, there was no editorial process. Yeah, Nobody ever got to, got to see it. So it, when it actually got published and it came out, it was, it was much of a surprise to... To Brett and Steve, as it was to anyone else who was going to buy it, what
0: was coming. There was going to be something for me along the lines of "there's this editorial freedom," but by the sounds of things, there you, was would, no you were bypassing freedom. the editors as, yeah, it, yeah, as yeah. you went. Yeah. When did it start to feel that Tankville was really starting to break into the mainstream? Because there was, this, I, I seem to remember that there was just it almost took over the punk aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, on the street, there was this. Uh, this so all of a sudden. It wasn't the black leather, it was more flamboyant, it was the colours, it was the, the, the... Yeah, it was punk, it was Tank Girl on the street. When did it start feeling like that? Did it, did it? I
1: think it was within the first year, but yeah. it, it didn't feel like we'd really kind of hit any kind of zeitgeist. It just felt like we... You know, there were just little pockets. Hmm. And obviously they sort of gravitated towards us because we were creating it all. Um, but I never sort of walked around London going, wow, we've changed things. But having said that, I did go to a few festivals a few years in once we'd started merchandising T-shirts and stuff and see just thousands of Tank T-shirts from people who probably maybe didn't even buy the comic. Were you seeing any return from that merchandise? We made more money out of T-shirts than we did out of the comics for several years, yeah. Cool. I didn't get paid a lot. Yeah, no. We got paid, I think. it's That's British we comics generally. It's British yeah, comics generally. serious. It was, it was nothing. It was nothing. I was like on £10 a page, I think. Do we have any questions from the crowd that wants to jump in? With the editable lack thereof, editorial process, was there ever any point where. Because their live guys went, you can't pick much for Um Not on Tank Girl, no. no. Um, um, on other strips we did where um, <coughs> the penises and things involved we got told off because you, you're not allowed to draw above 45 degrees or all these kind of like regulations <laughs> so um, we, we did get done did you have a protractor just in case to, to uh, know, no 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 we always did it by eye <laughs> 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 any other
0: questions just to jump in Um, with Deadline, and obviously with the uh, evolution of the book, I mean, did it get any easier to get the the books and the strips out? Because as the the strip and the book became more popular, obviously there would have been this kind of, okay, this this, this sense of, okay, we can, it it doesn't feel so much like a fanzine anymore, let's actually...
1: Well, down. but Jamie was always very sort of not—I won't say professional, but very <coughs> prolific. So um, he just churned it out constantly. Yeah. Um But yeah, I don't think we got—we didn't get professional at any point. Fair enough. Okay. Um, <coughs> at which point
0: we then uh, we finished deadline. I mean, what was the situation with deadline coming to a close? I mean, was it how mutual was it? And
1: well, what happened was we sold the film rights. Yeah, and suddenly loads of people became interested. Uh, Tom, he was still running the show. <coughs> he hooked up with uh, manga magazines in Britain and DC Vertigo in uh, it was uh, it was in New York at that point? And um, did we did some comics that were came out as Tank Girl magazine in Britain, and as two different series out in the US. Um, sorry, I've forgotten what the question is. I'm it's getting okay. at something. What was it again? Um, just generally how Deadline uh, came to a close. Right. Yeah. So because we'd done that, there was so much less Tank Girl in Deadline. In fact, she was absent. Yeah. Apart from the odd poster. Because everything was going into this new publication, which only lasted eight issues. I, mean, I think that's the reason why I was,
0: I was asking, <coughs> because it really did feel like Tank Girl drove the magazine. Yeah. And then as Tank Girl faded out, it was almost like... We took the stabilisers off and it fell over. Pretty really yeah. much, yeah. yeah. So is that, is that really the case, and I think what it was, was the reaction the, to that? I
1: think, well, at that point as well, like a lot of the, peop- the original Deadline crew weren't working on it anymore i don't think shaky Kane had worked on it for a while philip wasn't in there anymore um Glenn Dillon, steve's brother uh, wasn't in there anymore brett who'd started it uh, had left uh, about issue 18 i think steve was no longer anywhere to be seen yep. um so it was a, it was a it was a very different publication from how it started apart from the odd picture of tank girl sort of kind of bolstering, bolstering it. Yeah. That, the, there was nothing left of the original crew, so... OK. It, did it feel like the character
0: had served her purpose at that point?
1: Well, we... I won't say we were tired of it, but we were tired of it... Because um, I get
0: the sense that Jamie would have kind of... Because he has this real kind of sense of... Not scatterbrained, but certainly his attention is very much a case of it
1: can really skew off. I think we were were tired of people uh, misappropriating the character and uh, using it for their own means and really uh, projecting their own crap onto it and and not showing our our creation
0: Because the two characters, I think, of that period, which kind of sum that up, is Tango and Bart Simpson. Yeah. That kind of, yeah, there's a, a, this mass market that just kind of, it stole it away from you, yeah. as it were. Yeah, so right. but there's so, people,
1: I think people, I get people saying they're Tank Girl fans, but they've never read a comic, but yeah. they have seen a lot of images on the internet, and the internet is full of images of uh, fan art people doing cosplay from fan art, people doing fan art from that cosplay, and this kind of disseminated... Uh, we haven't disseminated mentioned, we haven't, we kind of, mentioned uh, the film uh, yet. Yeah, <laughs> so, and, and of the film, yeah, which, which really took, took the original idea and threw most of it away mm. and recreated, recreated something there, else. There was, a, there
0: was a perfectly decent Tank Girl film in there, but unfortunately it was the first two and a half minutes <laughs> with the cartoon.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I yeah. always. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the end credits.
0: Beyond that, it was should... No,
1: I, I get to the bit where our name comes up and yeah. then, I, then I press pause and then. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so Tangirl is in hiatus at this point, would you say? Um, when, um, when, when did you feel it was ready to bring Tangirl back? I mean, what was, what was the.
1: Because I only read the, the dead. Yeah, well, it, so it, 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 that, it all just like, crashed and burnt at that point and uh, we both just walked away from it. Sure. Like, it was a bad car crash, because the film, we weren't happy with the film, we weren't happy with the series. imagine that, that just took um, the, the wind s- yeah. completely out of it. We weren't happy with the last series that came out that neither of us were involved in. Um, we, just, we just went, yeah, we're going to do something else. But uh, what happened was, in, I think, maybe 2001, Titan contacted me, and they said... What about Tank Girl? You know, there's all. I think, um, I think gorillas were being mooted at the time. There was, they were just just starting, and obviously, that, you know, that there was interest in, in Jamie, Jamie's, Jamie's in Jamie's uh, back catalogue, but there was no back catalogue. You, all you could get were the uh, secondhand copies of the old Penguin uh, compilations. So they said. Uh, to me, do, do you want to bring it out again? So I said to Jamie, "Should we bring it out and again?" He said, "Yeah, well, if you want to do it."
0: So, um, so I boy, that's the weakest arm up the back I've ever heard in my life. No, but, well, he, <laughs> he was
1: so busy doing other stuff like <coughs> drawing animation, you know, directing um, and drawing covers and uh, you know, so but much. That, that's work. the thing. The thing uh, I was
0: thinking of because he was a bit so busy at that point. Was it something that you could persuade him to come back to?
1: I, uh, I I didn't want to draw. Well, th- At this point, no one asked us to start drawing it again. Yeah. What they said was, "Can we put the back catalogue out?" So we just said, "Yeah." And I said, I'll, "I'll you know I'll help you sort of put it together." And um, I, I wrote a few bits of script that were uh, kind of uh, pretending to be lost scripts, just so they had a bit more sort of sort yeah. of uh, extra stuff in there. As an incentive, Uh, and um, so we put out the we put out the first three books, and then they did uh, um, the other. Did they do the other? No, they just did the first three. And I wrote introductions for each one, and then I wrote these kind of fake scripts. Um, One was just the full script, and when I finished it, I thought, "God, that was easy. Why, Why don't I do another one?" So I did another one, and then I did a few more. And then before I knew it, I had a whole collection of short stories in, in, in script form. So I just went back to Titan and I said, um, I Shall we do un- a new, do new yeah. one? Because you know, I thought I didn't want to do it, but once I'd actually done it, just as a joke, I found that it wasn't as repulsive as I thought it was going to be. And, uh, and I, yeah. I, I, I kind of found my way back into it through that.
0: Who was the um, when Titan approached you for that? Because I, I do I I've not talked to you for a while. I do apologise. Right. I really That's do. It's
1: interesting, though. No? Yeah. Um
0: well, I mean, the, I mean, the question I was going to ask then is, when did you come into the the the, the frame uh, for drawing Tangle? But I mean, where was that in the timeline? I mean, was there something um, beforehand?
1: Well, originally, um, <clears throat> well, originally, when I first gave them the scripts, Jamie was up for drawing a sure. bit. I, I had Jamie, Philip and Glyn Dillon, we were all gonna draw a third of the book each. Boys are back in town. But unfortunately, my publisher fumbled the ball. Someone in the company kept me hanging on for 18 months, by which point I went over to IDW and just said, can we do it here? And Ashley Wood had his own imprint and went, I'll do it. And he drew the first issue of the, the comeback. Fair enough. Uh, so that was uh, 2007, 2008. And uh, since then, yeah, we've, uh, there's been quite a turnover of artists. Mm. Um, currently with Brett Parson, he's, he's drawing... I think he's drawn more than Jamie ever drew now, I think, because we're, we're knocking out a comic a month and we've been doing that for um, just like a year and a half. In a year and a half, we did... What it took us originally to do seven years wow. worth of work, okay. which is it's kind of crazy. Yeah, but um, when it came to yourself,
0: then yeah, mean, how how were you approached, and what was the pitch to you to to,
2: to do? <coughs> um, well, first contact was just a message yeah. from Alan just to say, "Hi, I'm Alan Martin, and um, you know I like your stuff." And, which floored me and so had I you said had, hello
1: had you, draw, you drawn a tango which is why I, I spotted it
2: I did yeah. a page yeah it was like a, a page of comic a, with a sort of a pin up thing attached and um, I was just putting stuff up on a, on a blog so that's how that got out there and so I just said you know, yes I do know you and hello and
1: then, <laughs> and
2: then that was it for about a year Oh, there wasn't much of a conversation. No. I, was, I was at work, I was driving a boat, so I couldn't sit down I'm and sorry, have I'm sorry, no, you can't just say that and just... <laughs> well, you, you were at work
0: and you were driving a boat.
2: Oh, yeah, well, that's an you know, artist and illustrator, but I was a skipper on a boat, so oh, I, was, okay. I, was, yeah, I was driving at the time. So, and then, so then that, and that was very exciting. But then, was it a year later or so, looking for artists... Yeah. You put out kind of yeah. all-cool, you know... Yeah. What, were you, what were you looking for in your
1: artist for Tank Girl? I, was that, was that just a case of...
0: Yeah, I like that. I like the, I like the aesthetic. Or was well, there well, something that, that you wanted to see?
1: What the, the artists that I've worked with recently, um, having not really known them as people, just like seeing an image on the internet, it's, uh, it's always, I'll see an image that they've drawn as Tank Girl. And I instantly know whether they they understand it or not. Right. There's some great artists out there who've done pictures of Tank Girl who obviously have gone to the internet and looked at somebody else's fan art and got this kind of generic take on the character. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't you know generally it doesn't have the humour and it doesn't have the invention, which is what I'm always looking for. I'm looking for just those little quirky new things that are constantly popping up. Mm-hmm on her badges, her t-shirt, stupid hat, whatever. Um, Do you remember what that, it was that jumped out about... I can't, I can't actually remember the exact image now. Uh, it was, I, I think I remember I, the strip. It was actually what you put into that little comic strip that really grabbed me. I think, yeah, yeah it? that was... Uh, that was uh, but I, I just some, looked at it and I thought, yeah, he knows what it's about. He's, he's got it. it. Yeah, yeah, it was,
2: it was, it was just a page and it was a... The comic was, I think it was like a Mexican biker. Mexican wrestling biker gang chasing Tank Girl and Booger in an ice cream van, which then exploded. Of course. And then Booger ended up holding an ice cream cone with a banana sticking out the top and a couple of cherries on the side. So. But in the pinup, up she... Done deal, really, isn't it? i In the uh, in that. In that, that single-page image of her, she was... She was in a Spongebob square pants outfit. Well she wasn't in an outfit. It was, she was wearing SpongeBob clothes, so she had big shoes and knee-high socks and shorts and a shirt and a bow tie. Or something like sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Mm. So that was Yeah, so it was just a was, just about was a, that
0: were you doing sequential art at that point?
2: Yeah. I'm sure that would yeah. be on because it sounds like you're doing like one or two page strips. I mean Well I was doing I'd like I've just always loved art and I've always loved drawing so I like looking at other people's art and a lot of that if it's not you know that could be animation or films or or books or paintings or anything I was just and I was really I really enjoyed comics and then I got a job at a comic shop in town here where I was paid in comics I was just a weekend job but I just was paid in comics to do that. And ended up with mountains of them and just they just ninety percent were all rubbish. So I got so sick of comics and then went to college for an illustration degree. And took like a tiny pile of, of comics with me and that was that had deadline stuff in. And that was one of the few things. I kind of had a few you kept AD, and it, Yeah, that kind of, it was like a, a collection of stuff that, that is what I wanted to to keep from that. And then I sort of went off into looking at children's books but that it would never I wasn't, again, drawing them for children. I was drawing them, well, Alan said, I was drawing them for me, so they'd be children's stories, but they you know, they'd be decapitations and fights. and It's what kids wanted to read, but it's yeah. not what people wanted to give kids to read. What's the collaborative uh, relationship with, certainly with your
0: artists and with yourself? I mean, was it a case of, you got the scripts, was there, what were the conversations like in actually putting the Tangled, uh book together? Well, I, I just followed the script. I mean, how how detailed are your
1: scripts? uh, uh, It depends on the artist. Yeah, I think if if the artist has really got it and has, uh, has uh, you know, they've got a a very sort of vivid, wacky imagination. um, It's sort of intuitive, really. I mean, with Warwick and also with Brett, who I'm working with at the moment, it's 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 a long, protracted um arc to get from my brain onto a printed page Mm. so um so you know for me to write down my thoughts then for them to translate it and then i mean in in general comic industry somebody else to ink, pencil it someone to ink it someone to letter it someone to color it um, someone to edit it as well Uh, but we never get edited so it's it's much more intuitive and really, when it really works with an artist as it does with Warwick, and it really, you know, really works well with Brett, I write, and I've, almost as I'm writing, it feels like I'm drawing the picture. Yeah. Because I've got that image in my head, so that's a. Uh, because um, you've got a you've got a thinking. I was always art. I was always
0: curious if it was a case of kind of I mean the old Hollywood story the Indians take the fall. It's sort of like you have that, the, the one where the Indians take the and then the artist just kicks off and just launches with that. Or is there more specific specificity in terms of your, the descriptions?
1: Um, again, it really, it's just is, just it down really is down yeah. to how, you know, uh, once you've worked with an artist for a, on a few books, you know what you don't have to write because yeah. you know they've already they've got already, that in their it. head. Um, you don't need to... Definitely describe the, all of the backgrounds or what they're wearing or down to the last detail. You can just let them roll with it, and, and it's, it's great to give that amount of freedom as well. I'm, I'd, really so love to d- re- I'd
0: love to read you the scripts. I'd love to really
1: mm. have you. Has, has there ever been
0: a, a, an interest to actually just publish the scripts? No, no. Huh?
1: No. no one's ever asked, have they? Anyway. <laughs> 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 Any
0: questions to the crowd as we kind of like barrel towards the final stretch? Can I publish the <laughs> uh, can we publish the scripts? You can publish a script. Yeah. <laughs> cool. um, I suppose the question uh, then is, what's next for Tank Girl, I suppose? Uh, where do you see her going? Where do, you, I mean, do you see a,
1: a, an overriding arc well, I never, going on? Well, I never really think more than a year ahead, or right. never really, usually I'm only thinking one series ahead. But because next year is the 30th birthday of Deadline and Tank Girl, yeah. official publication, we're uh, doing a lot of stuff. So um, we've got a new series coming out in October called The Wonderful World of Tank Girl. That's four issues and they're standalone stories. So you can only, if you buy one copy, you're not missing out on the, a continuing story arc. You can just read that. It's a 20-page story. And there's four of those each with a different theme, like a secret agent theme or a hippie theme. Then uh, early next year we've got a book coming out which is a compilation of just panels and images and unseen work called The Way of Tank Girl, which is uh, kind of presenting Tank Girl's uh, philosophy on life by just extracting specifics, thought bubbles and uh, and, our bits of, of conversation. there's one of, like, character I didn't action. think would have a philosophy on life, it's Tank Girl. <laughs> yeah, but it is pretty chaotic. But um, Then after that, <coughs> we are doing um, I think the working title is Tank Girl All-Stars, which will be uh, the birthday book, but we'll bring it out as a comic series first, so there'll be four issues. Jamie's going to be working on it, Warwick's going to be working on it, and as many artists as i can squeeze in there nice. with different uh, loads of different covers um there's also talk about uh, recoloring all of the original work well, and bringing that out in a, what's called a, a treasury format which will be the big, big comics like yeah. that uh doing four of those the first book so that we can then bring that out as a hardback uh newly colored book my, I can feel my um, wallet just <laughs> at me at this point. And then when we get to October, we're going to have a bit of a birthday party, hopefully at the Lakes Festival, uh, maybe continuing on around the place. Um, no one's announced it yet. There's going to be a Tank Girl Day, which I'm not announcing here, but, it, but there, there's... because there's no date yet. But um, there's um, this idea that Titan have got that they're going nice. to... They also want to bring out a flexi-disc of... Um, a Tank Girl related song which hasn't been recorded yet but we're working on it uh, on the front cover of the Tank Girl All-Stars issue one which will be available um, on record store day uh, in all of the record stores yeah, yeah, yeah. and then uh, we'll
0: are you keeping we'll, up with all of this? We'll,
1: <laughs> me and Brett are going to bring out a compilation of the last three graphic novels we brought out as an anniversary big hardback, oversized yeah. book and then we've got another series coming out in October um, which hasn't got a name yet but we're hoping that we're going to get a lot of crossovers with different characters cool. um, different franchises so Tank Girl meets can't say any of the names okay. because they're all being checked at the moment but she will be interacting with maybe science fiction horror I, I'm, or te- I'm other, curious about that because uh, um, what I was going to wrap up on is the day. fact that where
0: for me, Tank Girl is strongest is because it's almost self—it is totally contained. Mm. You almost can't imagine her in another universe. But it sounds that yeah. you have got ideas, which
1: yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, the way the way I feel about Tank Girl now is that she's like, she's kind of they're, her and her <coughs> friends—they're like the carry-on team. You know, it's like Carry On Tank Girl, because now we can put them in the Second oh, World Well, now War. I'm just casting now them. We're I'm, just a cast you know. <laughs> I'm just casting them. Carry On Tank Girl. I feel Barbara Winters in my head now
0: as Tank yeah. Girl. That's all I've got my head. <laughs> Absolutely,
1: yeah. But we could just transpose the whole team of them into whatever situation, just like you know, yeah. with Hattie Jakes and Sid James. They were, you know, one, one week there, they're Henry VIII, next week there. Yeah, you know, wherever you want to put oh, them. Wow. Okay. It sounds like there
0: is going to be a lot of tangle there is, uh, on the shelves in the near future. And um, long may she reign, because um, she is, like we say, said earlier, while she may be set in the Outback, she's British through and through. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what she gets up to in future books. People, can you please make some noise for <laughs> Alan Martin? Good. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm guessing you're heading back down to your. Yeah, campaigns. we'll be back
1: down there till till. till yeah,
0: suppose, but
1: is, is there a website best place for people to find out? What well, tango.com okay. and yeah, or Facebook. Just if you put in Tango with the with the biggest one Thanks on stuff. there. So, guys, thank you very much indeed for coming. I hope you enjoy the rest of the meanwhile. Charles. thank so you. Good.